Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider, your one stop for all things Porsche and PCA. Here's your host, Vu Gwyn, and the Insider Crew. Welcome to the Porsche Club Insider. As you can tell, uh, King Neptune is not with us today. He is out on the high seas. Is that his nickname now? That's his, I saw the pictures <laughs> of him on the uh, top balcony, uh, and I think I saw him even holding the uh, trident, too. Oh my. Uh, he is uh, now a king of the seas, at least this week, uh, with the PCA Cruise. He, along with uh, 800 other uh, PCAers, and uh, if you follow the PCA Instagram or Facebook page, I'm sure you're seeing a lot of pictures from the uh, uh, the cruise. And next week, uh, we'll have uh, him on, and uh, he will uh, entertain sure us all hear a lot with about stories. The yes, about the cruise, <laughs> and we have an announcement uh, later on in the podcast about the cruise for next year. If you're um, if you're envious and want to join the high seas too, you'll have your chance. So uh, with me at the table, of course, is uh, Damon Lowney, our uh, regular. But we have two guests, two guests from our uh, uh, my local region, Chesapeake region, uh, Jim Earlbeck, who's the uh, tech Arnie. co-chair. I should say that's my local region too. You just never see me at events. So. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's why, everyone why most. That? I, I autocross, yeah. and that's about it. Okay. <laughs> most people in the office, I think, are uh, maybe a few are Potomac, but most are just default Chesapeake. Yeah. And Dan McNally, who is the uh, public service chair for Chesapeake, right? Uh, community service. Community okay. service. All right. Uh, I'll give you a promotion there for a second. Um, <laughs> So I asked them to come on because I, I thought to myself, uh, it would be pretty cool if people, I always tell people when we record the podcast, I forget that uh, other people are going to be listening to this and it's just us in a room talking about whatever topics we got up at the time. It's similar to what we do with Cars and Coffee. Mm -hmm. And people say that's what it reminds me of is listening in on the conversation that you would hear at a PCA event or a Cars and Coffee, which probably explain, explains why sometimes we meander through topics. Uh because it's just uh, you know what you do for uh, an hour, two hours at a uh, at an event or cars and coffee. Um, so, but before we get to a series of questions, I've asked, I've come up with that I want to ask uh, um, everyone here because I also realize that we have um, a bunch of different generations of members here at the table. And Karen Cooper, one of our previous national presidents, um, uh, brought this to light. She said, "You know, we have I think she counted seven generations. Was it?" of PCA members in the club. I could see that. And yeah. yet you come to events and everyone gets along great. Mm -hmm. it, it, they shared a common interest about their love for Porsche. Uh, but it's tough, you know, having events that can appeal to all these different generations of, of owners. And uh, it's something that, you know, we I guess we had never really thought about as a club and certainly as leadership. So it's something that we uh, we took great interest in and how to, how to appeal to um, members from young to older. Um, you know, I think, uh, I was looking, I'm generation X, you know, what generation you are, man, I should know this. I'm a millennial. Yeah. So you're millennial. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm right on the cusp. I'm a millennial also. Millennial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. The hmm. first year. Oh. And, and of course oh. I, I represent the boomers. Out okay. There. Yeah. there we go. That's, uh, I'm actually Jim. I think our, um, average age for our membership is in our sixties. I think it's I, I about think so. 60 or so. Yeah. yeah. So, I've yeah. got that beat just by a little bit. So yeah, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> but uh, you look incredibly well for your age, and I hope to be that uh, 
Heck, I want to be that. That's in here. 60. <laughs> a, a, a steady diet of Porsches does that to you. So just, oh, just, just keep doing what you're doing. I see. Buy the Porsches, but not the food, right? I, absolutely. <laughs> it has like nothing that. to do with food or exercise. <laughs> buy the Porsches. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to tell my doctor that. Get a prescription yeah. for it. So last week, uh, um, I know, I think we all did things together. Uh, we were at Cars and Coffee, you and I, which would mm -hmm. turn out to be a nice, uh, pretty nice weather. And then I uh, I skipped out at uh, about uh, I don't know I tried to time it perfectly so I could head over to the dealership where they were doing the charity event and I guess I should feel guilty for saying this uh, but I wanted to skip all the speeches and get there just for a driver's <laughs> meeting so it was a uh, it was it was the uh, annual charity event where they uh, the region gets together and they stuff uh, backpacks for the homeless mm -hmm. right yep and uh, they give us uh, inside the backpacks like sweatshirts. Um, there's uh, blankets, I think. Yeah, socks, socks, socks. Uh, sweatshirts, thermal underwear, and hats. Yeah. yeah. And they hand this out to homeless. Very noble calls. And how many backpacks did they stop this year? So it was around 200. She never brings the exact amount that we have donated for, but this year it was $5,500 the club members had donated, which was 220 backpacks. Plus, it was a toy drive, uh, which yeah. my wife gave me some toys to bring. Um, then we had a uh, tour and then finished up with lunch. At the end of the tour, so it was a pretty uh, fulsome day, um, and the weather cooperated 100% because the next day it rained. And usually, this event is held on a Sunday, mm -hmm. as my wife pointed out to me, because she thought it was Sunday. And then I said, "No, I'm pretty sure it's Saturday." And I looked, and sure enough, they had moved it to Saturday. But that turned out to be a uh, wise choice in the long run. Yeah. Do anything fun, Damon? I went to Christmas in Baltimore, I think is what it's called, over on the harbor. They've just got like a little festival, um, Ferris wheel, um, merry-go-round, which I haven't been on a merry-go-round, or a carousel in, <laughs> gosh, 15, 20 years, and, and something like that. How many Gs did you pull? Um, you know, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that I'm sitting on a, a tiny little horse with a bunch of parents and kids watching me go around. And, and it's funny. So uh, some of you might know, my, my girlfriend and I broke up and we're sort of, to, to, it's a good breakup if you want to call it that. Like, mm -hmm. we're, we're not hateful or angry at each other. So we're still spending a little time and... You know, she has a kid. So that that's what we were doing. We were uh, just having a good time out in Baltimore. And other than that, I sat home and did almost nothing. So <laughs> I worked. I worked on a video. The, the Tamiya GT3 video actually was a big part of my weekend. I know here at the office, it, it would seem like we would have a long downtime. But it uh, come January, things start ramping up already. And before you know it, we're getting ready for Amelia Island. Uh, but there's yeah. um, all kinds of uh, stuff that we do in January and February that keeps us busy. So yeah. it, uh, there's really no downtime. Yeah. It's, I just uh, hope there's enough th that my parts get in so I can finally get the Cayman back on the road. But um, still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Damon has a garage, luckily. So uh, I you do. have uh, plenty of room to, uh, to get this done over the winter. Yep. So uh, on to uh, the question. So we already... Uh, established our names and what generations we're from but what do we drive so dan why don't you tell us what you drive so i have a 2017 718 cayman it's a base model manual absolutely love it which is the best one mile review i think we've ever yeah, done at least view wise <laughs> a base yeah. cayman not your car in, in specific but looks very similar i think dan had offered his car right after we did that yeah. he mentioned to me oh, and I yeah. said, you know i said i think we just did a video on yeah. a base cayman um is that your that's not your daily though is it no no it was for about a year and a half when i bought it. i didn't have a second car but now i have a, a 
beat the crap uh, 2012 Civic that I bought from nice. uh, my friend's wife. Nice. That's perfect. I try to pretend yeah. it doesn't exist most times. And I think <laughs> out of all of us, you're the only one that doesn't have a garage, so you keep no. yours outside, right? Yep. It stays outside. And your cars yeah. still look cleaner than mine. <laughs> your, your Cayman stays outside? Mm-hmm. I know. Look well, how shiny. What, what, what do you clean it every day before you take it out? No, uh, it, uh, it's been, last time I washed it was two weeks ago, and ever <laughs> since I got it ceramic coated, it just seems to stay pretty much immaculate. Must be some yeah. unique spot in the universe where dirt doesn't fall on Porsches. I I, I need to buy a house there, yeah, exactly. especially with a black car. Except yeah. for when spring comes around and we start seeing yellow yeah. on everything. It's highlighter yellow. Yeah. <laughs> but you keep it covered, though, right? No, no, no. I will be getting a cover for the winter. <laughs> it, it's it was ev, ev, last winter. It got used through the entire winter. It's on it's on its snow tires for the winter now. It, 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 and I try. I, I don't cover it because I get it out so often. At least once a week, it comes out to go to work with me. Yeah. And therein lies the trouble with with covers that I always had. Um, they get wet, and then you got to put them yeah. away mm-hmm. to take the car out. So then you don't take that car; you take the Civic. Mm-hmm. So yep. for me, it's always the cars are going to be readily accessible at any minute. I don't want to deal too much with mm-hmm. getting them out on the street. So. Yeah. Uh, we know uh, Jim's garage, or at least uh, you, you, everyone listening has probably seen photos because it's become a favorite of Bogdan's he has a very picturesque uh was it a horse barn at one time it wasn't a horse it, barn, it, was it? it actually was a dairy barn oh uh, dairy barn. and then my uh, my oldest daughter declared that she wanted to get married there this is about 12 years ago so we had to renovate the place the bats had taken over i i mean literally it was their house i wouldn't even park the tractor inside let alone a porsche um not that i had any trouble with bats it's what they extrudes shall we say to be played about it uh um so we renovated the barn expanded it and the purpose was not to be a car barn it was just to get ready for this wedding and then it kind of morphed into a car oh, barn wow. and turned out quite well so, yeah it's very very picturesque so, beautiful beautiful yeah. um garage uh that yeah. uh um was uh, for the longest time one of our highest uh, viewed instagram uh reels yeah and uh, like i said bogdan's fallen in love with yeah. it have you seen um Photos of the uh, Porsche design apparel. Um, uh, Bogdan went mm-hmm. over there to do a food photo shoot with Jim's cars. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, Robert has on the screen if you're watching it on YouTube. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great look and great for uh, for photographs. Um, and luckily, Jim doesn't live too far away. So he's very uh, generous with us uh, using his cars or uh, the barn to take pictures. So now tell us what you house in this barn uh everything ranging from pretty much that white 72 target the one that's up on the screen right now and that's an interesting car because the uh the the targ has been in the chesapeake region since 1974 which is part of the reason why i'm addicted to it i don't do restoration projects i I, although i'm a wrench turner uh i've learned that restorations just turn into money pits for me at least the way i turn out to be you know while you're at it let's do this and down the rabbit hole we go so uh the two brothers that own that car approached me about 12 years ago and said we want you to buy it i said well first of all i i don't do restorations and second i don't do targets they came back to me a year later and said no we really want you to buy it we're gonna make it worth your while okay so (laughs) next thing i know i've got it um and i've just been chipping away at it and it drives my wife crazy because she can't figure out why it's there i can't figure out why it's there (laughs) people like bob miller who's been on the show many times it's like what are you doing with that thing but it's just in my blood now 
Um, and I, I think that the PCA Chesapeake Heritage is is definitely part of it. And it's got this little plaque on the on the dash that says uh, 1978 rally, you know, August <laughs> or summer or autumn rally. And it just I don't know. It just kind of speaks to me. Um, yeah. So the engine's been rebuilt. We're we're, we're going to get it there eventually, and it should be Albert Blue on brown, which I think is just a Albert really Blue, rich color. Com- oh, yeah. wow. um, it's it's white now, and I, I joke with the which, two guys. Which speaks the volumes of the fact that it was Albert Blue at some point originally in his life. Yes, and that means oh. someone got tired of that color, which now is like the ultimate PTS but, color to get Albert Blue. Yeah. People go nuts over, but someone got tired of that and said, "Hey, let's paint it white." Yeah, absolutely. And and the story there, and it's it's how the market has has ebbed and flowed. Um, they bumped the uh, driver's front fender, couldn't match the Albert Blue, mm. so I think they decided to paint it in their backyard uh, <laughs> after two six packs and and maybe something else. We're going um, to do a wow. tactic slide about that because it's I, I, it, there was overspray on the sides of the seats down on a lower bolster. How do you do that? You open the door, to, <laughs> well, just insane. That's so, the beer coming into play. Yeah, a, a, absolutely, absolutely. So. Uh, uh, so it's kind of a fun car. So, hey, but from from here, what was that like? Five feet? It oh, looks good. Uh, oh, five feet. It looks yeah. it looks great. Absolutely. I would say ninety five percent of people love that car. Yeah. yeah. Then you oh. got the five percent who know what to look for, and then they always <laughs> feel free, unsolicited, uh, uh, to tell Jim everything wrong uh, with the car. Oh, that, that car has been critiqued by the best. But I will say it won best in class with the Chesapeake Challenge that we ran during COVID which is uh, in a concourse event. And I'm, I'm saying that to point out that in concourse, it's not always your car, it's who you're competing against. And yeah. in, in that particular year with COVID, I was a class of one, so I got first place. So <laughs> yay me. Nice. Uh, so, uh, so it ranges from that up to uh, the well, most- I mean, uh, you have a beautiful um, 11 Spider. Yeah, that's a, a first-gen Spider, a, a 2011. Uh, that was featured in Panorama right after the um, Boca Raton parade. Mm. Yeah, that's that's where that photo was, was taken. Um, I was fortunate enough. Oh, JP? Yeah, that's a 3RS. That car's got a story that a lot of people know because <laughs> um, I ordered up a, a 2014 GT3. Then the engine problems, uh, it was going to be paint the sample, so it was postponed. I got a 15. I ordered it in Golf Blue, G-O-L-F, not G-U-L-F. Paint code 6603 versus 328. Um, was not an approved paint the sample color. And they came back and said, yeah, we'll do it in two weeks. Uh, the dealer and I didn't have any confidence. We asked again. Three weeks, they said, yeah, so no confidence. We did a spray-out panel. Uh, actually, sent them the formula, sent them a piece of metal. A year and a half later, it comes in G-U-L-F. So <laughs> the, the, the fix from Porsche, I think, this speaks to the power of the brand. When I looked at them and said, what are you going to do to make this right? Uh, we'll build you another one or another Another what? Another GT3. Uh, what color? Right? No, 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 no. Not the, I said, well, really, I think I'd like to have a 3RS. Nope, all sold out. Can't do that. Oh, my God. I'm thinking to myself, as a consumer, I'm going to give you more money to fix your error. Uh, they finally, obviously, requiesced, um, gave me a GT3 RS slot, and I ordered it up in the wrong color, so to speak, uh, <laughs> because I'd fallen in love with it. Yeah. And I uh, thought it just might be a fun thing to do to see... Um, how uh, how Porsche reacted to it. So they eventually caught on. Um, so it was it, it all turned out really well. I, I mean, it was a mistake, but the recovery process was was spot on. I got to meet a lot of PCNA and and um, PAG execs. 
Um, They know the car. I I actually think that particular car improved their paint to sample ordering process because, yeah, uh, I I really do think it moves the the, the goal for them because they realize that uh, people want this stuff. uh, We're taking it maybe a little too casually. And they and they fixed the problem. And I've gotten a couple of paint to sample cars after that. They've been spot on. So yeah. So uh, kind of a fun car. Yeah. That's a cool little detour as well. Being able to uh, sort of meet people that you maybe oh. otherwise wouldn't have been able to meet through a mistake. I, I, absolutely. <laughs> so. like, like like I said, I, I've got this thing in life that that uh, it's not the measure of a man if he fails. It's it's what he does upon the failure. You mm-hmm. know, with the recovery. And it like I said, the recovery process was was spot on. So yeah. uh, um, so it was it was a fun car and. Uh, I'm, I guess I, I got my stink all over it and I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life. So, which is, which is fine. It's a great car. Great well, car. It uh, is the famous golf, uh, colors. It's, uh, yeah. from the 917 era. So yeah. it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty iconic, yeah. yeah. but I did get to see golf with an O mm-hmm. blue for the first time. It was at uh, Worcester Union Monterey. Okay. It was one of the cars yeah, we, we uh, put on the, the video. Early, it was a 912, I think. I <coughs> yeah, I've yeah, yeah, never seen that. Much yeah. darker blue than, yeah. uh, it is. And it's a really nice color. Um, but uh, the, the other car you saw up in the lift, uh, that's that's glacier blue, uh, kind of sits between Riviera and Mexico blue. Matter of fact, you've got to pretty much get all three cars together uh, in order to, to uh, see the difference. Uh, that one I took to uh, Amelia Works last year and got a, lucky enough to get a first place. Uh, really nice example. Great driver. I mean, best long hood driver I've ever owned. So really lucky to find that one. So, uh, nice. So uh, a little bit of a smorgasbord. But uh, in in my world, there is no daily driver the way that, that Dan defined it with, with the Civic. Um, every day is a Porsche for sure. Uh, in the winter, I, I put uh, winter tires on the diesel Cayenne, the uh, 996. So they get most of my love. But when the temperatures are above 40, everybody comes out to play. There are there are no garage queens in my world. Yeah. Nice. So for let's see for me for listeners for listen regularly to know I have a seventy three nine fourteen uh, nineteen ninety nine six four, and my wife has an O five Boxster S, and we have uh, we so we say we have now a three and a half because we have a bicycle a Porsche bike S <laughs> that like most of uh, exercise equipment now resides uh, unused. In the garage. I was going to say, who rides it? And when they do, can I come watch? She wrote it once. I, I, wrote, I wrote it once. I wrote it once in our cul-de-sac. And uh, it's, now it, now it's something that I have to remove out of the way whenever I take a car out because it's it's uh, blocking the uh, other cars. So, uh, so you are getting exercise from the bike? Lifting it. Yeah, yeah, lifting it. Yeah, yeah. Lifting so it, it and moving it out okay. of the way. Um, and my daily, of course, is my uh, infamous... Uh, 97 BMW Z3 with uh, closing in on 250,000 miles on the original engine and transmission. Uh, and it's gets, been driven through the snow for the past 10 years, but winter tires. And it is a lot to be said about having a, a, a crappy car to mm-hmm. drive every day. My, my goal is eventually uh, to replace it with maybe a Boxster Cayman as a daily. Uh, but I, I think about that sometimes and I go, you know, I just have no worries when I park. I mm-hmm. park between cars. I, I don't care. I don't. I just mm-hmm. the car has the uh, door dings on it. The front uh, 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 spoiler is being held together with duct tape. It's just um, something where I, I think I wax it or clean it once every two years. Mm-hmm. I wash it a lot, but I don't uh, really take care of the paint. Uh, so, but when I get a boxer, it came and I'll be 
treating it uh, much. Uh, see, here's the thing. Every time you wash a chip. car, it's yeah. scraping some paint off. So actually, you can say that as your excuse for not washing it. But yeah, I don't think many people subscribe to it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That 72 Targa fits that purpose somewhat. You know, if I go to Starbucks and I wedge it between, you know, SUV and a minivan, uh, some people are like, what are you doing parking that car there? I, it's like, have you seen the paint? Get Come on, <laughs> step inside of the five-foot radius, and you'll understand yeah. why the car is parked here. It's not a problem. So, yeah, uh, a lot to be yeah. said about the... Uh, yeah, there's not, a luxury in that, not, for sure. Uh, not caring. Yeah. So, and Damon has a car similar to that. Uh, I do. Um, so I'll just get this out of the way first, as I have a, a Mazda 3 now um, that I daily drive, and I also have another daily driver that hasn't been driven in a while. And that's what it looked like when I first got it. Oh! <laughs> and uh, there's another picture uh, of it on the truck uh, when it arrived. And this was back in February 2021, I believe. So that was salt spray, I was saying? Yes, yeah, salt uh, from uh, It came from my, uh, my my sister and brother-in-law in Chicago area. Well, well done. I think yeah. I just would have maybe made a five-by-six circle or rectangle yeah, on the windshield and just look through it like yeah. a, you know, like a exactly. tank. With I think it hasn't been washed. Reliable yeah, yeah, just, once, it like, a, once, it, once that picture so they can sell yeah. Uh, enclosed transport yeah so exactly <laughs> but but yeah so it still hasn't been washed i actually okay. you know all that crap just got rubbed yeah. off when i was working on it but mm-hmm. i did a bunch of work to bring it back to life and and now it's sort of the winter beater that does cover okay. cover up the uh, rust hole though it does although the rust hole wasn't quite as large back then so mm-hmm. our um, favorite memory is seeing the germans all the executives uh yeah, around Damon's car which he had parked in front of the rental house they were in it just in all they were very interested. That in America, they would let a car like this drive on the road. <laughs> they were taking pictures. We, we got, we may, maybe, I think Boris was taking pictures. So who knows? Maybe there's a, a PTS option or I'm stuck, you know, I, rust. I, I, uh, I'm stuck their finger for the rust hole. That, that, that's, they, they were looking, instead of a matte finish, this yeah. is the new look. This is what we're going to go for. Yeah, this is it. Exactly. So, so that's, no uh, one will so, steal it. So, like- so right now, that's not a daily driver because it broke. It's got like 270-something thousand miles on it, but... It started back up, so I think I have a little electrical. I need to replace the connectors for the coil packs. Um, so, because everything works, I just started it up randomly. Just had a thought in my head. Let's see what happens, and mm-hmm. so, uh, and then I have a Cayman. So that's my Cayman from a couple of years ago. I think it was French Lick Parade Autocross on the powder coated nineteen inch design sport design wheels, and that's a year or two ago in its current spec with the um, 9 inch and 255s at all four corners. So it's my autocross car. And that's it at in San Diego after I drove it out to California for parade. And this was after parade. And the other two cars, uh, which we drove around all these great back roads and um, San Diego County was my uncle's GT3 and then our ad director's GT3 RS. So it's been a car that I've, I drive to work sometimes, um, I've taken it on road trips. You can fit quite a lot in a Cayman or on top, as I found out. Handles great. Um, it's quick, you know, if there's some corners, if you throw some mm-hmm. corners at it. And I just love the thing. Um, and for me, three cars, that's all I can own. Like, if I have more than three cars, then I won't drive one one or two of them. And I need to drive and, all my cars. And, and that's a good line to draw. I, I yeah. mean, it, it, it's it's a really nasty disease. You just keep yeah. buying more cars, yeah. and a lot of them sit around, and you say, yeah. all right, am I really happier for this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Not to be too. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm in that situation now. I, I have three cars, and two of them can't be driven right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've worked on the Porsche a bit, but now I'm waiting for, for parts and, you know, the Camry 
just I, I haven't felt like working on it. And you have mm-hmm. to have times like that where, you know, maybe you've had a big year and now you just want to not think about mm-hmm. what you're going to fix on the car. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've had. And, and so three cars, two off the road, drive me crazy. So, <laughs> um, T- totally agree. I, I'd forgotten you'd driven that car across country. And yeah. it's a read your article, and I highly recommend that to anybody. I've, I've been fortunate enough oh, yeah. to do that twice in Porsches um, back in the day because my, uh, my lineage with Porsche goes back several decades. Um, back in the era, if you wanted to buy a used car, you didn't look online because there was no online. So you'd get up early on a Sunday morning and go buy the L.A. Times because uh, that's where all the Porsches are, still are. Um, look in the classified, make calls, land a, land a deal fly out to, to L.A. and drive it back. And there was a price discrepancy between the West Coast and East Coast. So if you drove the car back, you could pretty much instantly get an extra 10% for the car. Yeah. Um, so I was lucky enough to drive uh, uh, first a 76 930 and then a 78 930 cross country one way and just nice. epic drives. That's you know? what they were made for. That's what they were made for. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I wanted to do that again. That's yeah. that's that's on my to-do list yeah. Porsches are better at road tripping than you might give oh, your yeah. average sports car credit for, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. You know, uh, Caymans being, for me, a high point just because you have the frunk, you have the trunk, and you have whatever you can fit over your engine. Mm-hmm. And if you have a roof yeah. rack. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. But even even on 11's got plenty of space. I mean, yeah. you, you don't really need to take that much stuff on yeah. a road trip. Put the rear yeah, seats yeah. down. If yeah, you, it, exactly. If you need it, right? Yeah. That, well, that's where the cooler went with, you know, yeah. with, you know so... All right, cool. So let's go to the next question, which I always love to hear this story uh, or this answer from people. So, And if you're listening, feel free to put the comments on YouTube about when and how did you get bitten by the Porsche bug? So for me, it didn't happen until about 2005 when the Cayman came out. And that's mm-hmm. That was the one that kind of hit me. It's like, that's what I want to own. That was, yeah. it, it, it's a small, the mid-engine car. It's a little less expensive than 911. just seemed like it, it was right up my alley. Well, 20, 2019, I finally got one. So, so what made you decide to buy a Cayman rather than a Camaro? Or... <laughs> I've always been into the more European cars. Well, and then when I first got my license, I was all Japanese cars. I was a Honda guy yeah. for mm-hmm. years. I went down that route because that's what, what was available, what was popular in the late 90s was the import scene. That... You're pretty much a car nerd for a long time. Oh, yeah. I, when, I was a, when I was real little, I was a Ferrari kid. I was I'm half Italian, so Ferrari was seemed to be in my blood. I watched Formula One. I was the only one in my house at the age of seven sitting on the couch watching Formula One on a Saturday and Sunday. Um, I, you look at my third grade picture, I'm wearing a Ferrari jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's all morphed into kind of, I got into Porsche as I watched those those cars like the Ferraris and, and, and McLarens and stuff like that where they don't seem quite as reliable and running as, as you see the guys with Porsches and they're driving them everywhere. I've been 2008. I was working up at Hagerstown community college and one of the administrators daily drove a 993. Nice. You see it every mm-hmm. morning and it, it just kind of, it always stuck with me. You see him driving them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Oh boy. Um, I've always been addicted to cars, you know, ever, ever since a kid, you know, as a, as a, kid in elementary school i was building model cars back when you could buy those at the five and ten store um then i started going to the drag strip with my much older brother i gotta say much older because he used to make fun of me because <laughs> i was a much younger kid but anyhow um so this is in the mid 60s so i was a muscle car guy and then uh, a p car entered my life um 
not a Porsche, a, a De Tomaso Pantera. Ah. So in 1974, I bought a 72 Pantera. Learned that it was more fun in the twisties than it was in the straight line. But I was confident in the car because it had a Cleveland engine in it. I knew how to work on those things. Because yeah. um, I was the guy that at age 11 took, uh, took the cylinder head off his dad's Cub Cadet riding tractor. <laughs> uh, just to see what made it go. Uh, it was not a good day for me when he got home. No. Um, so, you know, the Pantera taught me that there's more than just making noise straight lines. And uh, when I got done with my engineering studies in 77, I bought a brand new 924 because the shape just spoke to me. To me, it was the future, um, which was ironic because up until that point, I pretty much had disdain for, for Porsches. I mean, in the a, in a early 70s, late 60s, it just was illogical that anyone would buy a Porsche. I mean, why would you buy a six-cylinder car with 130 horsepower <laughs> when you can buy, you know, a fire-breathing Z28 with 300-plus horsepower that had eight cylinders for half the money? I, yeah. I mean, it's just, that's illogical that you would buy a Porsche. Yeah. Um, but with the 924, even with its uh, build quality issues that it had, uh, I'd put the key in the side door and the whole tumbler would come out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, left me stranded a couple times, and this is a new car. Um, still, the, the, the love affair started at that point in time and uh, um, then was, was pretty much on, on that side of the water, so to speak, and uh, never bought another muscle car again. Ah. Yeah. How about you, Damon? I've, I've always liked fast things, you know, planes, cars, um, trains, really. That's, that was kind of my childhood and preschool is I, I like trains a lot and um, – my first radio control car, I think I was three or four years old, and it was a Tyco Fast Tracks, which was a, a little, looked like a, a buggy that had like tank tracks on it. It was actually pretty quick for, for like a Tyco car. And um, every year, um, Santa would bring me an RC car and, uh, you know, something Tyco or whatever, Radio Shack, whatever cool car they had in stock. And um, then my uncle, Keith, happened to be a huge Porsche fanatic and also got my Aunt Martha into Porsches. So he had a, an 86 Carrera, I believe, when uh, he first came into the family. And then he had an RS America for many, many years. Now he has a GT3. And Martha, my aunt, had a 944 S2 for, for many, many years. So that was sort of my introduction to the Porsche brand. And this was all in high school early college, you know, mid to late 2000s. And the way I approached cars was I didn't go through the whole Honda, you know, American muscle or any of that. I kind of started on the Porsche end. And the way my uncle talks about other cars that aren't Porsche or, or Aston Martin is or VW R32s, um, he kind of thumbs his nose at him, and you can tell that he thinks that, you know, a Porsche is superior to everything. And sort of that that was sort of my view on things, but over the years, I've sort of experienced more. I've owned an 88 MR2, which was amazing and I loved. Um, the Camry has been a pretty awesome experience, and I've come around to the whole Japanese import scene after getting my, my butt handed to me. Um <laughs> buy some Miatas, Civics, depending on the driver and, and you know, um, year and mods, RX-8s, you know. So my tastes have broadened, I would say, over the years. But I started with RC cars, got the Porsche because my aunt and uncle. 
and then sort of experiencing other things as I've gotten older. So my, my, uh, my, uh, in way I got bit was very, very simple. I was in the backseat of my parents' car. We're doing a vacation to the world's fair in Knoxville, Tennessee. And, uh, I remember Karen Cooper, one of our past presidents, who's a, uh, psychologist said that there's like, uh, in our memories, there's things they call snapshots. It's like, uh, some are good, some are bad. Uh, but this one's very good because I remember as clear as day, like it happened uh, yesterday, uh, a 9-11, which I think I determined would have been an SC at that time, went by us. And the shape of that the rear of the car with the curves and the, the engine and everything. And I just remember looking at it as it went sped by us, thinking that's something. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I want to drive mm-hmm. that someday. And I and then we uh, saw it again, which meant it had stopped. You know, gotten gas or something, got back on the road and passed us the second time. Mm-hmm. So I got a second look at it and it forever stuck in my head. Uh, then the following year when I started high school, the school had a, uh, obviously a library. And it was at the time that Porsche was coming out these ads, these full page ads for their 944 and uh, their 911 and uh, Carrera. And I remember um, ripping those ads out of the magazines in the library, sneaking them in my book and trying to collect all these ads and just staring at the cars. And of course, uh, for the younger crowd, this is before the internet. So it wasn't like Porsche pictures were readily available. So uh, anything I could get to learn more about this uh, mark, I-, I did. And I, um, at that point, I realized I was going to own a Porsche as my first car. And so when I turned 18, I bought a used 924. Um, I think it was five years old when I bought my uh, that, that was your, old car. your first Porsche was a 924? 81 924. Yeah. My sympathies. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a great car. It put really? 200,000 miles on it. Yeah. It uh, By 81, they had really uh, figured the car out mm-hmm. and was very, um, I'm going to say, refined for compared to a 77 924. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's how my memory, my first time that I fell in love with uh, the brand. Um, which leads us to the next question, and I get this asked uh, a lot uh, because I guess, at least with me, and I'm sure Jim too, you get you get known in social circles when you go, especially when you go to your wife as the Porsche guy, mm-hmm. that, and that's what they refer to you to either the car guy or the Porsche guy, and and I and you, I do you, you work for Porsche, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. First thing they ask you um, is how do you explain uh, the enthusiasm for the Porsche brand? to a non-car person. Well, you want to start? Uh, I would say it's extremely hard to, especially with non-car people. When I say look at it, it looks fantastic. But (laughs) for, for, I I think the easiest way to explain it is the club because the enthusiasm and and the welcoming nature of everybody in the club, because I was never a a club guy and it just brings you into the brand even more. And the more I talk about the events we do, the more people seem interested that aren't into cars. I, I agree with that. I mean, it's totally illogical. Uh, it, but a lot of things with, with great passion are illogical. Mm-hmm. And my poster title of that is is hunters. And I'm not a hunter, so I mean no offense to those that are. But let me get this right. You get up at 3 o'clock in the morning on a cold winter's day. You walk out in the woods in the dark. You put a tree stand up. You sit in that for an hour waiting for the sun to come up. Then you, if you're lucky, you bag something. Then you got to drag this 200-pound carcass out of the woods 
And then you cut it up and you've got this meat that pretty much nobody wants. Okay, that sounds like a really good time. Uh, I, I, I don't get that. Um, so I know it's illogical and I know I can't explain it, but uh, I generally break it down into, into three things. One, one I've got a uh, great passion for the product. I, I like the precision, that, that it's, it's engineering precision, it's build precision, and most of all, the drive. It's not just transportation. And second, uh, because I'm a business guy, uh, I like the business theater that Porsche puts on. Uh, the fact that they were on financial on the financial cliff several times and survived, and now they're so highly profitable and on such a roll, that's just amazing. And then you toss in um, little quirks they do, like the, the failed takeover of Volkswagen, the hostile takeover that didn't work out quite so well. Um, I find that highly entertaining. Uh, Dieselgate. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. What, what were you thinking? Um, yeah. and, and that's really entertaining. It, it speaks to uh, corporate governance, uh, what works, what doesn't work. So I like that business theater. But third and most important, and it's just what Dan talked about, it's the club. I mean, the cars are great, but the people are fantastic. I have met so many good people and made so many lasting relationships. Um, and people I, I wouldn't have met from, from highly diverse backgrounds oh, yeah. and interests. That's very true. So I, I, I learned uh, a while ago that stop talking about the cars and ask the people about what got them there. Just your question about how did you come to find Porsche? And I found it interesting, Damon, you were speaking about, you know, you started at Porsche mm -hmm. and then you're going other ways. I, yeah. I finally ended up at Porsche at the end. So you just yeah. jumped right to the goal line. Yeah, okay, I It did. took, took I did. me longer to get there. Uh, and you saw that, that, that SC go by and you fell in love. And that was part of the reason why I had disdain for, for Porsche at that moment was, wait a minute, the 72 looks just like the 65. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, look at Corvettes. They've gone through three model changes already, for God's sakes. Why yeah. would I want to keep driving the same piece of junk? So, uh, but now it's like, that was a brilliant move. I mean, that's an iconic shape and I'm in love with it. You know? yeah. So uh, it's just interesting how we all got there. Yeah. So, Damon, how would you describe? The, Let's uh, see. What was that question again? How do you describe you... our enthusiasm? So, what I wrote down here as a note was that I don't. Uh, I just stay quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wise man. Yes. Um, and in certain situations, or I shouldn't even say certain, in a lot of situations, I do. Um, you know, for, for better or for worse, maybe I'm just a little bit too sensitive about it. But I don't like to be seen as the stereotypical Porsche owner. So I don't necessarily talk about Porsche unless it's prompted or I'm around other what, car what's people. What's the stereotypical here. Porsche owner? You want me to say? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I would say cares about themselves, thinks their car is the best compared to everything else on the road, and they'll let you know. And um, yeah, I mean, th those are basically the main things there. And I don't like to think that I'm superior or that my car is superior to really anybody else or anybody else's car. So uh, those are, I guess, the main things there. Um, I wouldn't say that Porsche owners have the stereotype quite as far as maybe as BMW owners do, you know, never using turn signals, etc. But, you know, maybe partway there. And um, so, so, yeah, I don't talk about cars all that much unless I'm prompted or I know that I'm around people who appreciate them for the most part. Uh, then I got to thinking that, Jim, your answer is the answer that I probably should have had. Mm -hmm. um, but really, when I got into Porsches, yeah, my, my aunt and uncle had a big part in that. And I ended up being 
working for Porsche related businesses or clubs um, since out of college with a short stint at a, at a car blog um, that wasn't Porsche centric. And why did I stick with Porsche? It's probably because I wanted to be around my, my aunt and uncle and the people I met through the club autocrossing. Um, because as, as I said, I, I really only autocross and do track events. I, I don't do a bunch of other things. And, um, and that's why I stuck with it is mm -hmm. I liked being around, you know, family and friends who had, I developed friendships with. Um, but yeah, when it comes to new people, I usually don't say, you know, or talk about Porsche unless I'm prompted. You raise an interesting thought and that is what is the stereotypical yeah. You know, uh, Porsche, they're good stereotypes Porsche, and bad ones. I, 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 so. Absolutely. And I personally avoid wearing uh, Porsche logo clothing, um, yep. even though that's my team, uh, unless yep. I'm with other Porsche people. Uh, I, I just don't want to be that guy, that stereotype. Um, yeah. I don't want to say, hey, look at me. I've got a Porsche. Um, yeah. And I, I think a lot of Porsche owners are of that thought which mm -hmm. is why I, I like them, why, why yeah. I gravitate to them. Where, That's what I do. When I wear yeah. clothes, like I might wear, you know, for work, yeah. I, I wear PCA stuff. Yeah. Um, and I have shirts that have a Porsche or something mm -hmm. Porsche related, but I don't wear anything Porsche design. Mm -hmm. um, I don't wear Porsche design Puma shoes. You know, um, I'm not going to wear the cap with the Porsche crest on it sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. They're probably going to edit this section out because I think we're selling Porsche design <laughs> stuff. Hey, hey, to each their own. <laughs> to each their it own. looks good on you. There, there, there is. But, but I, yeah. I, I, like you, I like references to Porsche, which Porsche people know and other yep. people don't, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because if someone recognizes the fact that I'm wearing a, a flying lizard's cap and it's like, oh, you like Porsches. So I'm like, oh, so obviously, you know, something got Porsches and racing and, yep. and they're, you know. So I, I like that kind of branding myself. Yeah. I, I feel Whatever. like if, if you're flat, uh, putting it out there really, really hard with the Porsche logo, that it's easier for people to maybe make the wrong impression about you. And, yeah. and that's what I don't like. I, I agree. So To me, the stereotype, and I see this on Facebook, are these really cringy shirts that they put up for sale that are not even, I can tell they're not by, done by enthusiasts. They're by people <laughs> who think this is what enthusiasts want to uh, wear. Yeah, yeah. You know, the word Porsche like 10 times on the... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> on the sleeves, the front, the back, the side, anywhere they can squeeze, or it'll say something really stupid that can be filled in with any any manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And they put it on. The, they, they of course they spam all the different Porsche groups because they think that's what we're, mm -hmm. we're dying for. And more to your point, if I see something that only someone from the inside could tell, like a Vashik Polak mm -hmm. shirt, yeah, then I would say, well, this person is an enthusiast because. Mm -hmm. He's wearing something that only someone really into it, not not a status symbol person, mm -hmm. but only um You know what's so, a good one there? And this is a this is a nice tangent. Um I've seen people wear a hat and you know on Porsche parts, they don't have the Porsche crest or logo. There's a specific logo and I, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a upside down triangle. Yeah, the upside upside down triangle and it has like a little What? Um I've, I've, just follow it. It's a Yogi Bear thing. Okay. You know, someone to pee on it. Yeah, it's it's on uh -huh. all the parts. So if you put in Porsche parts logo on Google, um, and it should pop up. Uh, but yeah, it's an upside down triangle with mm -hmm. sort of a, a stylized P. Um, Most of their authentic of parts have that stamped on it. Yeah, that's how you know that they're authentic. So if you wow. see somebody wearing that, most that, people wouldn't know that there that's it is a Porsche right there. hat. I wouldn't have known that. There you go. Okay, bingo. Yeah. So and and for a while that, there, Porsche was selling hats with just with that yeah, logo yeah, on there. It, 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 and that goes back to the question about about. You know, how do you explain the passion? It's that that's kind of the passion. That's the passion. That's the <laughs> detail. I mean, this this encyclopedia 
uh, based yeah. knowledge of Porsche that especially Manny has. I, yeah. I, I, I as as tech chair for Chesapeake, I, I uh, craft or help craft the uh, the quizzes, and mm-hmm. we always have a problem how to deal with him because he knows every damn thing. Yeah. It's just it's horrible. But I always learn stuff when you. That's he, why I always want to know the answers that I didn't get because I'm like I'm gonna. Yeah, I want to learn something because there's so no one knows everything. Even yeah. Nathan Mers yeah. doesn't know everything. There's just so much. That's what makes which brings to what I tell people. So when I was president, I would get this question asked a lot from reporters at events, you know, how do you describe the Porsche brand or why is there such enthusiasm? Mm-hmm. And for me, I would simply say it's a family owned business that was uh, so driven, so focused on excellence mm-hmm. that they became what they are today, yeah. the best car maker. And the fact that it's still a family owned business. Uh, and what's, and the more I got into involved with Porsche club, uh, the more I met the different players and family members and I saw that it was true enthusiasm that uh, they knew what their name stood for, their last name, and uh, and they were going to make sure that the legacy kept on going. Mm-hmm. Uh, made me say, yeah, I definitely want to continue being part of this brand uh, because it's uh, their 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 level of achieving excellence for engineering because it's so rare for something on a Porsche to be there just because it's pretty. You know, every vent. Every hole in the bodywork has some kind of function that's going to do something, not just so. Nothing used to irk me more than on a Camaro having vent holes that went nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm and like, well, what's the purpose of putting yeah, the hole there? And, and that's exactly what I was speaking about when I said the precision that is Porsche, the design and then the build quality that goes into it. It just blows my mind. Yeah, and I think the, from that point on, you know, people, they want to um, you know, be part of that and uh, and – so maybe that's why I like to also to your point about how you meet people that you otherwise would have never met. But not only do we share in common the fact that we bought the same brand car, but maybe we're also looking for the same type of ideals mm-hmm. behind the company. And that's what yeah. brings us uh, yeah. together. Yeah, that, that that going back to the whole branding and, and I've got Porsche and advertising that one thing I like about most of the people I meet within the club, they are not self-absorbed. I mean, you got to drag mm-hmm. stuff out of them and and my poster child story of of that was my tech co-chair about a decade ago guy by the name of rob Uh, he had a 914.6 the uh, engine case had a crack in it Um, me with my background in metallurgy and welding engineering said we can get it fixed for you he gave it to me we fixed it and i'm helping him load it in the back of his um, tacoma and i'm a bit of a watch nerd um I look at his watch and I'm like, uh, that's like a 72 Submariner. And he says, yeah, it is. And I said, can I see it? And he takes it off, hands it to me, roll over the back. It says 1972 Olympics. And I'm like, Rob, what's this? And he says, I was in the Olympics in 72. <laughs> Holy crap, what? I've, I've been your co-chair for two, three years and I'm just learning this now? What else do I need to know about you? Um well, that 76 Olympics also. Wait, you're a double Olympian? <laughs> uh, well, actually, the 80 as well. Oh, my. Wait a minute. You were, wow. in, you were in Munich for the – well, no, I wasn't on campus when that happened, but, yes, I was there. Come on, Rob. Tell <laughs> What else? Well, 80 – wait a minute. You're a four-time Olympian. Yeah. Uh, wow. What, what sport it, was he in? Ha, ha, uh, he was an oceanographer, so two times on the sailing, on the boat, wow. and two times yeah. just mapping the sea, but still. Yeah. What an incredible yeah. experience, but you got to drag this stuff out of oh, people, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so stop talking about the cars. <laughs> Ask yeah. the people. Well, they, that's, they, uh, I always bring it to a story. I like to tell people that um, 
someone from Porsche when they first came over uh, said um, when they went back home, they said their wife asked them, well, how's how are the Americans? And and he said, oh, they're very nice. Everyone's very nice. And she goes, well, what do they all do for a living? And he paused and he goes, you know what? I just spent three days with them and I have no idea what they do. They don't. <laughs> they never discuss what they do for a living. They yeah, discuss their yeah, family, yeah. where they went to vacation, mm-hmm. every, everything else except what they do for a living. And he went on to explain that in many parts of Europe, they have different types of car clubs that are sometimes separated by blue collar, white collar. And uh, that's something that obviously PCA doesn't have. We don't have a class system. Uh, it's rare that you call someone doctor mm-hmm. uh, here. It's yeah, true. They, they may be a doctor. You find out later on they're a doctor, but you uh, they don't introduce themselves as doctor. So it's a very level playing field, which I thought was pretty good. And to your mm-hmm. point, since you're in a welding uh, business, how mm-hmm. we say mm-hmm. it can be a welder, it can be a CEO, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. Everyone's getting along great, yeah. and they're uh, they're enjoying each other's company. Um, and I, I thought that was unique to me with uh, PCA from what they were telling me, how that there's so many different um, economic status, but it, that goes all out the window when it comes to the club. It, it does. It just melts away. It, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So as I'm, uh, we probably won't be able to get to all these questions. So um, let me jump. I, I thought this was a good question, and I, and I, I had to think about it. And I don't know how many different cars you guys have driven. Uh, to be able to, obviously, Damon and I have gotten to drive a lot of cars with these one-mile reviews. Which car what turned out to be a disappointment, and which one was a surprise? And so I open it up not just to Porsche, any other brand car that uh, you drove. Want to give it a first shot, Dan? Yeah, so one of the cars I've owned, which was the 01 Audi TT Quattro that I had, and looked amazing. It had one of the best interiors of any car I've ever had. Like everything that looked like metal was metal, but the steering was the deadest steering I've ever had in any car ever. Looked great, didn't drive great. But and as far as a surprise, I've seen a Taycan when we did the new the the Porsche track experience at New Jersey Motorsports Park. I was very surprised at how agile that car is. And probably everything else in that day too, the Macan and the Cayenne. That was my first time driving any anything other than my own came, and that was a Porsche. Oh, cool! And and all of those cars. So I was actually genuinely impressed how capable they were. I mean, we were driving the 911s and the instructors in the Cayenne, and I just can't even close that gap. <laughs> Jim, um, my most recent disappointment came with another German brand, um, Mercedes. So I bought a '99 uh, SL500. Because I always thought that particular body style was Bruno Seiko's best work and really embodied what the 90s car design looked like. Uh, But I came to learn quickly that Mercedes doesn't support the product the way that Porsche does. So I stepped Mm -hmm. outside of my box intentionally, you know, my box being Porsche nowadays, thinking that "Ah, it's pretty much the same. Nope. Uh, Needed a spare key. And it's uh, a chip key, very similar to the 993 immobilizer key. So a bit of a pain in the tushy. Uh, I had one key, go to the dealer. Nope, we don't support that product anymore. Well, let me get this right. So if I lose the one key, I've got a paperweight? Afraid so. That was the, So, all right, to the internet we go. Uh, the, the community, maybe I just didn't find the right community. I mean, I know where the Porsche community is. I, if I toss out a question, I'll get more answers I know what to do with. Yeah. And more offers for help. But I got really no offers for help and at that point it's like well if you can't even make a stinking key and this is the same key that went into the mls and you know probably a million cars of that era have the same switchblade chip key can't find it aftermarket can't find it oam sold the car wow. 
So huge disappointment. You know? And they have their own. Is that considered a classic in the Mercedes lineup? You know, I don't know. Uh, it, it, they have their own classic. They, like they, they do have their own yeah. classic, but um, you know, when you look at Porsche and how many how many cars they support over the yeah, years, seven is a classic now. In yeah, the sense with the yeah. classic radio. Yeah, and, but 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 the fact that they're still doing an inspect thing for cars that are that are three decades. Who does that as a manufacturer? Mm-hmm. They do. So that was a huge disappointment. So I went back to my box, my comfort zone, Porsche, and, and bought another Porsche. Yeah. Um, which, so on, on the cars that have been positive surprises for me, uh, my 04-996-C2. Never one of one. Listen to the naysayers. Oh, it's a horrible car. It's ugly. It's oh, it's a what are called a day break. Uh, all this kind of nonsense. Um, went down back to Bob Miller again. Um, so I, I meet him for lunch. One's parked outside. He says, hey, it's a customer's car. He wants me to sell it. Let's take it to lunch. And it presents like a GT3 because it's got the aero package on it. It's got the MO30. It's got sport seats, sport exhaust, nice, nice spec car. And lapis blue is just a, a gorgeous color to me. So we take it to lunch. Long story short, bought it the next day um, <laughs> Miller do exactly what he was doing yeah <laughs> and 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 sold my 993 to make room for it so so um for me it just was a better driver you know mm-hmm. uh although the community would say oh obviously a 993 is a better car you know mm-hmm. um i don't know it's it's what's what's good what's bad it's just what's better for you in my world Yep. So I was just totally blown away by how good that car is with a 320 horsepower and 3,000 pounds, and you park it next to a 991, it's downright petite. Yeah. Um, so I love it dearly. It's not worth a ton of money, so I can park it you know, wherever I want to park it. Don't have to Uber in from the, from the heatherlands of the parking lot. Um, the chassis is really good. Uh, so I'm, I'm all in. I, I'm a big fan of nine, nine sixes. Now I, I yeah. should have, should not have listened to the masses. Um, yeah. and the other surprise was my diesel Cayenne. Yeah. That car has taught me so much about how to enter a turn, maintain the radius, you know, slow, steady movements, uh, that, that first gen spider I've got, it doesn't, if you're on the wrong line and you want to change, it says, fine, no problem. Let's go there. But the diesel, it's like, wait a minute, you want me to do what? You unsettle the chassis, and it doesn't like it. So I find it very rewarding. It gives me that feedback that I actually figured out that turn. So I wouldn't want to track it, but then again, most of my hours are on the track. They're on backcountry roads. A lot roads. to be said about the level of uh, fun when you pass a 911 in the Cayenne on the track. <laughs> Both for you, it was kind of like when that, we when we that, took your Panamera to the yeah, track, yeah, and no, all those oh, people we passed that, 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 that were hoot. shocked that a four door yeah, uh, yeah, car yeah. as big as that was passing them. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, that was a hoot. you you called that right. I'll I'll never forget that turn at VIR, um, and we, we were closing in fast on like an like an SC. Okay, mm-hmm. so obviously a Panamera GTS is yeah. going to outgun that. But we closed so fast. He says, "Watch it. Uh, you're probably going to freak this guy out." And, and we did. He he didn't. He literally just hit the brakes and stayed in the middle of the turn. Didn't didn't pull <laughs> to the left or right. He just blocked the lane. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it is fun when uh, when you do that. Yeah, um, Cayennes are very capable cars. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it was not my first choice to bring to the track. Yeah, but. Uh, where a like my suburban would probably last three laps and brakes would be gone. Yeah, uh, the Cayenne is very, um, yeah. very capable. Yeah, yeah. My I I um a few years ago I I bought a seventy two E, um on the West Coast and immediately trailed it up to Sonoma. Second day of ownership, 
had it on the track and this car had been stored by a, a collector mm -hmm. um interesting car it, it had like 13 owners before i got to it um one of which was a pca national pres three of which were were uh, regional pres so i got passed along in, inside the family so it had been lots lots of love had been bestowed on but it had been sitting in a texas collector's place for five years and had gathered 700 miles so second day i own it it's at the track at sonoma um car was running like poop uh loaded up with uh with leaded racing fuel um drove the bejeebus out of it and with within an hour just kind of woke up and said finally someone's gonna play with me but the, where i'm going with the story is um it took me the morning to, to figure out the the car but by the afternoon i was gapping a guy in a 997 c4s and it's always just more fun to be the guy with a better car because that guy should have just been pulling away from me. Yeah. But but he he wasn't. You know if if you're if you're doing well on a GT3, of course you are. Yeah. It's a great car. You should That's be. Why base Caymans are so nice. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's it's the it's the underpowered cars. If you learn how to drive them well, that I find the biggest reward in. Yeah. Damon, what cars are you driven? So this one's um, not the easiest question, but. The first thing that comes to mind for disappointment. I'm not. You're not going to name names of owners, but you can say the cars. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'm going to say the cars. Uh, and, and funny enough, um, a couple of these are, are cars I've owned. But the biggest disappointment for me was uh, I owned a, a 1976 BMW 2002, um, and it was a little bit of a hot rod the way that I had it set up, and it had you know 205 width front and rear tires, which they came on like 165s or 175s. And even with a slightly hot rodded M10, four cylinder, 110, 115 horsepower, maybe 120, um, with the wider tires, that was like the least fun I've ever had in, in a car that's supposed to be fun. Well, why? It was heavy, heavy steering because the tires were probably mm. too wide. Um, the engine didn't have quite enough horsepower to make it playful at the rear. Uh, the brakes weren't all that great. Like it was just this whole thing where I wish I had never modified it and just kept it because I drove, you know, um, uh, the the person who built the car and, and who I helped along the way with some little jobs here and there. He had some other 2002s and I drove one on 175s and totally stock. And that was a riot. That was pretty fun. And I didn't even drive it all that far. But um, so, yeah. Uh, a BMW 2002 was probably the biggest disappointment for me, um, purely because I built it wrong. You, if you mm -hmm. want to say, or just building it in general probably shouldn't have happened. Um, the surprise, it's kind of a mix, or it's split between two different cars. And one of them you'll be happy about, and that's the, the four-cylinder 718s. Um, everybody is given those cars so much crap over the years that the only people who appreciate them are the ones who've actually driven and, you know, at least for a time, you know, have a little bit of time behind the wheel and realize that it's actually faster than the cars that came before it. And I would probably say a Cayman S is probably faster in some situations than a GTS 4.0. Um, and you would never know it and people ignore it. And I don't know whether that car is ever going to be really appreciated because on one hand it's rare and it was it's a it's an oddity that only happened for a few years, um, but on the other side of things is that a lot of people most people don't care, mm -hmm. um, and you know my 
what I say to people is, is drive one and, you know, in our area, go to local autocross and see which one's at the top of the timing sheets at every single autocross is a 718 Cayman S with PDK. <laughs> totally stock. A- We're talking about, you know, Mr. Tavener here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that's a huge surprise. I didn't think I would dislike it, but I liked I liked that generation and that engine a lot more than I thought I would. Um, and then uh, shared with that is my Camry because muffler delete V6 manual. It's actually a lot more fun than it sounds. So <laughs> you got to get it running again. It's parked. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So let's see. My uh, my biggest disappointment was uh, was to me after reading about it and seeing these cars, I was expecting so much. Was the um, I, I guess the early long hoods. This was a '68 nine eleven, and it was uh, stock. And maybe that's why my disappointment was because um, you know driving a '73 RS, that car was so sorted and so felt so good. This car felt very sluggish. It felt uh, cumbersome. I was looking for a feel like I have of my 914, very light steering, and I didn't get that. Um, it was just a um, not what I thought I was going to get after reading so much about that car. And the uh, the the best was uh, much the uh, same that Damon pointed out was the um, base Cayman, mm-hmm. the one we did a uh, we did a, um, a video on a 2020, I think, wasn't it? Uh, it was brand new, and this it had to have been. It was tw- a 2022 model. 2022. Okay, yeah. it was. Uh, base came in, and after reading so much, in, a journalist wrote about how terrible the four cylinder engine is, and doesn't sound like a Porsche, and this, that, and the other. No, I, and I had driven one before on the track on a parade lap, but yeah, it's not really um, driving it hard. This was driving it hard in the corners, and uh, I thought this is really all I need because uh, uh, and. Unless you're going to go through the track or you're flat out on the highway, that was a lot. Was it 300 horsepower? I think yeah, 300 in the yeah. base. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that was a lot, lot, lot of power for a uh, yeah. compact and then torque car that I think hits comes in really strong, <laughs> like 2500, yeah, 2200. Once it's once it spools up and and yeah. on, when you're on the road and between gears, you're always in the torque. Yeah, uh, initial startup, you feel that little bit of lag, that that lack of power, but every all back roads, you're just always in that power band. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, if you've got the wherewithal to get an S or GTS or GT Ford, and awesome. The two and a half uh, liter GTS, which was like a one or two year model, they they eighteen and nineteen, I think. Yeah, eighteen and nineteen, and yeah. before they went to the GTS four point oh, the 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 two and a half liter GTS is actually that might be like the ultimate sleeper when it comes to uh, you know, modern Porsches. I think. Yeah, cheap, but so. GTSs aren't cheap. They have no, not. Yeah. Uh, drop down much in uh yeah and even the four cylinders huh yeah if you wow. look at them they seem to be holding steady so people between know. 80 and 90 right yeah. now yeah well the gts is such a um what i used to always say guaranteed to sell it's mm-hmm. just a uh, very desirable um uh line but the base is the one that people gave a lot of uh yeah. you know poo-pooed on and uh i was very uh very impressed with that all right, so the other four questions, we're going to have to make this a part two someday and get uh, to the four. I knew, I thought this may happen. Uh, we would get some good discussion, and uh, we would run out of time because now we have to switch over to – Damon, I'm going to look at your screen because I didn't yep. – my, my second part so of my uh, agenda. Yeah, we, have, we have videos coming up now, actually, okay. and so we'll talk about the uh, – I recently reviewed a 992 generation, uh, 9-11. Let's see if I get this right. 9-11, Carrera – GTS Cabriolet America Edition, um, 
Uh, we have somebody who owns that car, um, also owns both Club Coupes. Is that like the first... Uh... I haven't seen too many uh, road reviews on the, the America. It's probably one of yeah. the first. I thought I was thinking about when first. you did it. Um, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's it's for Americans, so you're not going to see Europeans reviewing this. In uh, what I always stick in my head about this car is it has three different finishes on the wheel. Yeah. So God help you if you curb this wheel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what is it? It's silver on on the spokes and then on the spokes faces it's no it's white with silver on the spoke faces and then that that red pinstripe and they look great but yeah if <laughs> don't like don't. maybe take those off and like run something else if you're on a road trip and yeah. i don't know but uh so i reviewed that car and it's basically a 911 carrera gts cabriolet the america edition is kind of a cosmetic package um that has cool features it's not just cosmetic like functional but performance wise it's it's a 911 career gts cab uh with the seven speed manual and amazing car um 992s are just they make it so easy to drive quickly and and they feel nice um and you feel connected to the road it's it's the best of you know what porsche has done in the past but still you have that pace and that precision of a new car um, so really cool car. Uh, Vu also got to, uh, do something with an electric GT3. Now, when I say that, uh, it's actually a Tamiya GT3 RC car based on the TT02 chassis. Um, and we did a recent video of, of Vu sort of explaining what it is, a time-lapse of building it with building tips and some shots of the finished car and slow-mo shots of the car accelerating. So, uh, cool short video 10 minutes it would be a very good christmas present or holiday present or birthday present or uh for really any age if they like cars you they'd probably like a tamaya gt3 just paint it in a well-ventilated area yep we he decided to paint it the night of tech tactics yeah and uh, i was joking with him that he was starting to slur his words because it was such <laughs> the fumes were so strong in the studio so yeah. that's where he decided to paint it. And right before the show started, he put another coat on. And I was joking with Robert. I said, if he starts slurring words, we got to go to commercial. Yeah, right. <laughs> because it's uh, it was heavy fumes, but came out looking very good. Yep, it came out well. Um, then finally, we had, jeez, uh, was it last week now? I think it was the ago, Tech yeah. Tactics Live with uh, Nathan Mers. And um, regardless of whether you watch this live, go check it out. He runs the gamut of all sorts of Porsche subjects. And uh, Manny was um, thoughtful enough to go put chapter markers and stamps in the description. So it's one of those videos where it's all over the place. But if you want to zero in on a subject uh, that Nathan talks I about, sure live, else, and I got to hear it again when I played it back to index. It. Exactly. So you can just go to the uh, description. He is really amazing in that uh, nothing tripped him up. Uh, every question. He didn't know which questions were going to come because obviously yeah. we took them as they came in live. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, he yeah. was very good about uh, the first few questions them. were like technical questions that maybe you would ask a tech expert, but he still answered them, you know. Uh, and if if he couldn't have the right answer, he knew what to suggest, you know, next steps for that person. And Robert was so. right on point, breaking up pictures on the internet because Robert didn't know what pictures we couldn't prepare ahead of time with pictures because we didn't know what questions yeah. were going to be asked. But Robert was able to find it on the. Uh, on Google and uh, match it up. So yeah, it's a pretty good episode if you haven't watched it yet. Yep. Um, and I believe, what do we have here? So upcoming Next events. Up, uh, 
Tech Tactics East. Let's do the news first. Or no, news first. Yep. Um, so we have... I should do to you what Vu does to me. So tell us about the car that hit the highest altitude, Damon. <laughs> it is a 911. Vu <laughs> <laughs> always does that. He like says the whole story. He says, tell us about you it. Know, like, honestly, <laughs> Porsche hit an altitude record in a 911 like last year. So they're doing it again. Um, to be honest... I like how I they, looked at the headline. they called it modified. I'm like, modified? That is beyond modified. <laughs> yeah. It looked like an RC car. Uh, it took them, did I, say, did I I read the article, was it a week or two weeks? Uh, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks, yeah, yeah, to get up to that uh, yeah. that, that altitude. 6,700 meters. It was two cars, two doing it. it and mm-hmm. The thing I found most interesting, it was a manual. Oh, I didn't oh. pick that up. Wow. And huh. Roma Dumas. Who also uh, has won Pikes Peak several times? He was uh, piloting the car that set the altitude yeah. record and and Nurburgring records. Um, yeah, it's he does everything. I feel like yeah, <laughs> two weeks. That's a long. Uh, yeah, it's a long journey. That's a long. Exactly. I wonder how long the journey back down was, or if they just took some helicopters, <laughs> loaded them up, and or they and, just left it there for or left it there. Exactly. Yeah, because nobody's cool, going to cool steal monument. it. It's that a manual, would, so yeah. it's yeah. Have to turn. It's a system. manual. It's safe. No one's going to steal it. Yeah. Twenty-two thousand feet's a real test of the lungs. Yeah. 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 You're right. That too. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. Though. Another record held by Porsche. So next one up, I thought uh, the title alone made me think of uh, uh, something that a 12 year old would say. Porsche is recalling Cayman's boxers because their spoilers go too high. There's Do you medicine. think that's a good thing, right? There's medicines yeah. for that. Yeah. Who exactly? Yeah. Clear that's, air. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get a roof line. Uh, but Porsche saying no, that is not a good thing, um, because uh, it can cause accidents because they can mess with their dynamics, which sounds like lawyers speak to me. Hmm. Um, but if you are one of these people that are suffering from uh, an extended spoiler, you can bring it back, and they will uh, reprogram the electronics so your spoiler doesn't go that high. So if you read the article, it says that an employee was recoding them on the line. I'm wondering what happened to that employee. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. they kept track. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But now that we know they can go higher, how many people are going to try to reprogram theirs oh, yeah. so true. it goes even higher? Well, they say it's blocking the third brake light, which for what car? Because the the third brake light's at the top of the window, and everything's taller than a Cayman. So I don't know who. Is how it high does it go? That, yeah. Good point. And lawyers speak, as, as you said, because that's the way I took it. it it's like, ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> We're not we're not talking super bird status, yeah. I don't think. Yeah. But uh, I would yeah. that would be funny. <laughs> the next one up is uh, Proton, uh, uh, who um, is in IMSA now, uh, revealed their livery for their uh, upcoming uh, 963. We're going to see Mustang sampling coming back um, as a uh, livery 963. Hmm. So that's pretty. Uh, I'm very excited about the upcoming season. With the 963s and all the testing they just recently did and uh, improvements, uh, the 24 hours, uh, I think, of Daytona is going to be a, a really a whole different race than it was last year. So what is Mustang sampling? Assume assume that our readers haven't read the article. <laughs> I, but, now, see, now you're going to put me in the spot because I think it was a – was it a team? There, I there. I, I did a quick look of them just to see what they were because I had no idea. It looks like they do like carbon ca- capture software. Oh, yeah. With engineering ingenuity comes passion, forward-thinking people, and probably. Blah, blah, but blah. they, I think we they ran Mustang sampling on a different brand yeah. uh, the year before, not last year, yeah. but the year before. Right? A, pa- for, a for, patented, uh, pa- 
patented power connection design that utilizes existing heat trace tube bundle. That is a phrase that has no context, but something to do with energy. God bless them so. that someone in that Mustang sampling has uh, money to spend on racing. Yeah. And they're going to uh, sponsor uh, the Proton Car to run IMSA. Yeah. That's all I, I took from it. But either way, the more 963s on the track, the better our odds are of hopefully uh, – taking home a win in 2024 that might be my favorite livery so far very uh, old jps lotus yeah it does have hints yeah. of that doesn't it yeah. i was thinking the uh that uh the um smoking abandoned the trans am but that works too <laughs> <laughs> i like the jps talk better uh all right now we're doing events thank god robert's on right headphones somebody yeah, exactly. what's next somebody knows i wonder if he does his review um Tech Tactics East. Tech Tactics East. Boy, that'll be here before you know it. Yeah. In fact, I have a call for that uh, tomorrow, I think, with the key people. So even though it's in February, it's uh, being planned right now. Registration opens up January 17th, and that'll be here before you know it. Uh, Tech Tactics East is in Easton, Pennsylvania, if you've never been. There's two one-day events. It's uh, all day of tech sessions at the Porsche training facility. This is where they train the the technicians uh, at dealers. And uh, they have all the coolest stuff there. They always usually bring on the newer cars, and you get to see them up on lifts. And it's just a cool place to hang out, especially in the winter when it's pretty cold outside. And the expansion should be complete, so it'll be a much bigger facility. Yeah, yeah. They always give warehouse yeah. tours, and uh, uh, it's uh, if you've never been, it's a, it's a cool thing to see. If you have been, then you know that it becomes almost an annual. I think, Jim, you've been there many a time. Oh, yeah. Um, Repeat offender. Yeah, to the event. Also coming up is the uh, Orchestra Reunion Amelia Allen in March uh, 1st, which also sounds like it's far away, but it'll be here before you know it. And registration opens, uh, I guess by the time you hear this podcast, registration should be open already. On the 20th. On the 20th. And we so have... March uh, 1st. That's early in March. Usually yeah. it's later in March. Hopefully the weather uh, yeah. is nice. It mm -hmm. is Jacksonville, Florida, so... Should be. Um, Treffin Wine Country. Uh, that's... Uh, Going to be a starts on a Sunday, I think. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yes, Robert telling me yes. A um, little bit different than we've done before. Uh, that's all, all through wine country, and it registration opens on January 10th, and that is April 21st through 25th, uh, which we, we expect this will be a sellout fairly quickly. And we have a video from uh, the fearless leader himself, straight from the boat somewhere in the... Hey there, Manny. Sorry I couldn't be in the studio with you. I'm at Treffin at Sea in the Western Caribbean here on the Sky Princess. Wish you were here with over 800 PCA members. We're having a great time. You can probably tell by my voice we're partying a little too hard, a little hoarse. But I have a great insider announcement for you. Next year, July 28th through August 4th, PCA, Princess, and Treffin at Sea, we're going to Alaska. So hopefully you guys will join us check the pca website and ebreak news shortly and you can get registered and we'll see you there all right there you go you heard it here first the uh next trip in sc is not going to be in december it's going to be the end of july and they're going to alaska you wouldn't want to be in alaska in december no it's very dark and cold yeah uh, summertime is the time to go to alaska mainly because it doesn't get dark if you've never been to alaska in july i have um, it stays like dusk the whole time around. It's very uh, bizarre. We were at a friend's house at 1 o'clock in the morning, 
and it looked like it was five o'clock. Your body was telling you it was one o'clock in the morning, but yeah. uh, it was like uh, just yeah. like dust the whole time. It's really cool to hour. Photography, I bet. Uh, yeah, photography would uh, be amazing. And this will be even more cool being uh, it's on a ship. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Jim and Dan will see you guys uh, portside. Absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a good possibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm sure King <laughs> Neptune will with, be with us uh, as well. Remember to uh, subscribe to our newsletters. Uh, eBreak News, Mark Fresh, and Performance News. Uh, eBreak News is the biggie because that's the one that has uh, – uh, all the announcements uh, of upcoming events, videos, everything that we talk about on the podcast, you get it for free in your mailbox. If you don't belong to PCA, uh, join. What are you waiting for? You don't even need a Porsche to join. You can join Test Drive and, and still be part of a, of the club. Uh, you'll get our monthly award-winning magazine, Panorama, every month, and you're part of the coolest car club in the world. Uh, subscribe to Porsche Club Insider on Instagram. Uh, follow us and get some behind-the-scenes photos of what's going on when we talk about the podcast. Sim racing. This is the perfect thing to do in the wintertime. You know you want a sim racing uh, set up for Christmas. Damon just got one set up. I'm trying to convince the wife to be able to let me put a uh, race seat permanently in our uh, living room so I can... Uh, it's a lot cheaper than real racing, I t- try to tell her. She knows how much real racing costs, so... Uh, here you can freely hit the wall and nothing uh, gets uh, charged to you. If you want uh, a podcast sticker label, just send an email to podcast at pca.org with your mailing address and member services will send you out some stickers. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. We're trying to get to 100,000 subscribers and we're oh so close. It'll make Vu so happy if we hit 100,000. And we promise to stop uh, reminding you every week to subscribe. I think that's it, gentlemen. Thank you for coming. Great being Almost here. as much fun as uh, being uh, at a Cars and Coffee, but we didn't have any cars to hang around with and uh, <laughs> judge other people's choices in cars. <laughs> Still, it's not bad for a Wednesday. Until next week when Vu's back, we'll see you then.